0: If you actually write down what you want to feel like, what you want to, if it's, if it's a weight loss thing, what you want to look like, feel like, uh, what you want to achieve, and then definitely how that feels, and you're already there, you're already at the results that you want to have. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your
1: dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hello and welcome back to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. This is episode number four with Marie Olsen. Now, if you remember back to the end of episode three, I did promise you that I'd let you into a little bit of a secret today and I'm going to get to that in a moment. But if you are indeed listening to this on the day it goes out live, which is a Thursday, maybe you think back to all the times when you've tried to start a new diet or a new fitness regime or you've tried to lose a little bit of weight and you think, I'll start on Monday. How many times have you said that to yourself? I'll start on Monday. Maybe I'll start when the weather gets better. Maybe I'll start on New Year's Day. I'll start the new year, I'll start to lose a little bit of weight. Now what can happen is you'll listen to this episode, and I can pretty much guarantee you're gonna get inspired, invigorated, you're gonna think about setting goals and visions and and you're gonna think about a new way of life at the end of this episode. Are you gonna take action today? It's a Thursday. Are you gonna step away from listening to this and take action straight away? While you're on that high, while you've got that buzz, while you've got that energetic state going on, or you revert back to old habits and think, I'll just wait till Monday. If you wait, I can guarantee that something else will come up. You know, that energy level will drop. You'll lose the buzz from the end of the episode. Monday will come around and you'll almost forget why you decided to start a new way of life on Monday. Okay. You'll forget about everything you've listened to in this episode and you won't start and something else will happen on Monday. You know, a situation will come up that will enable you to create a reason or an excuse to not start your new way of life, to not start your new diet. One other thing I'd like to say there is the word diet is one that I don't traditionally use. I don't like the word diet because in modern days, it's taken to mean a restrictive diet, a short-term fix, a way of losing weight, where really the word diet should encompass everything you eat and drink. It's more of a way of life than it is a short-term restrictive fix. But I'm using it in context here because I know a lot of people will say, I'll start my new diet on Monday. I'll start my new diet in the new year. But don't. If you listen to this episode and you and you get inspired, which I can almost guarantee is gonna happen, take action today. At the end of this episode, this part one of this episode with Marie. I'm gonna set you a tiny little bit of homework. Okay. It's a fun bit of homework, okay? But you're gonna you're gonna go away and you're gonna do this homework right at the end of the episode. So allow yourself 20 minutes, 30 minutes maybe at the end of this episode to just just think about what I say. So that you can take action today, not delay it until Monday, because if you delay it till Monday, then something will happen, you'll delay till the following Monday you'll delay till the weather gets better, you'll delay till this till that there'll always be a reason to never start. There is never a perfect time to start a new way of life, a new healthy living plan, a new a new diet, if you like there's never that perfect moment that will, if you're waiting for that perfect moment, it will never come. You just have to start today. you have to do something simple that moves you in the right direction today. So let's tell you a little bit about this secret. So when I started the podcast journey, I actually recorded with 10 people straight away. Before I even released the first episode, I made sure I recorded with 10 guests in advance. The plan was always to release the episodes in the order that I recorded them. They were all amazing guests. I I wasn't going to place one above the other. I just wanted to release them as I recorded them. And for the most part, that's what's happened. Marie was actually the 10th guest that I recorded with but I come away from talking to Marie and I was so invigorated myself and there was such good information I decided that I didn't want to wait 10 weeks to share this with you. So Marie has now come out in episode number four as my second guest because the message that she delivers in these two episodes is so powerful and so helpful to so many people I wanted to get it out there as quickly as I could. So We're going to go straight into this chat with me and Marie. Marie is a Swedish former elite level race walker who now lives in Australia with her fiance and she's co-owning a company with her fiance called Life, which is Living Intentionally for Excellence, which works a lot on mental strength and mental training. She also runs an event back in her home country of Sweden called Mudlife OCR, which is an obstacle course race back in her hometown in Sweden. And at the time of recording this, she was also doing some part-time work for a company in Australia. So she's a very busy lady, but she makes time every single day for her health and her wellness, and that's her physical and her mental health. So if somebody who's effectively doing three jobs can still do it, I think we all can. So sit back, grab a cup of green tea or a glass of water, and enjoy this chat with Marie. Hey Marie, how are you doing?
0: Well, thank you. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. Thank you. So we've um, we've obviously been connected um, well in a couple of ways, really, mainly through your husband to be, Brett. Um, we met about eight months ago. Um, he came on a video show of mine, and obviously, I've been connected with Brett since then, listening to, listening to his own podcast. And that's how that's how I've been introduced to you. Um, most commonly, you're known as. Brett's gorgeous fiance because I think every time he's spoken about you that's that's how he's introduced you um and I I actually can't believe I've listened to I think is Brett on about the 63rd or 64th episode of his own podcast and yeah it's
0: almost there
1: he's not had you on as a guest yet has he
0: no he's actually asked me but soon
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I can't believe he's taken over 60 episodes to get you on there (laughs) Right. I think
0: it's me. I'm not ready for uh, for that podcast just yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, for people who, who don't know you, let, let's let's go back to the beginning um, and your race walking, um, which is your the athletic side of, of Marie. Um, everyone obviously knows what race walking is, but what sort of distances did you use to cover, and what sort of times are we talking about for a race walker?
0: <laughs> yeah, so. Um, to start, with, I was born in a small country town in Sweden, and my mum was a race walker, and she. Um, so I was born into a very sporty family, and I was actually yeah three years old when I started, and my. Um, I've, I've tried several sports throughout my life, but I've always come back to the race walking, and. I think it's a family thing and then in a small country town you just you just bring your friends along and all of a sudden it's a big thing so race walking to me has never been that little weird sport when you <laughs> you just walk fast uh, and use your hips really well uh it has been just an amazing sport an amazing opportunity for me to to meet so many awesome people and travel the world. So race walking, the main distance, I mean, from when I was a kid, I obviously walked short distance, but then 510Ks and um, in the Olympics is 20Ks for women and 20 and 50 k for men. And my personal best for 20K is um, an hour and 37 minutes and – the best men in the world actually the best women in the world is doing under 130 so wow. and the best men uh, for the 50k they pass under three hours for um, the 42k marathon
1: wow which is pretty awesome <laughs> that's that's quicker than i run
0: <laughs> yeah i have to say almost the same <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so i've obviously got notes here that there's a few things i wanted to ask you but one thing that as soon as you said about different sports i can't believe i've missed this off my notes but over here my my sport is uh floorball um it's got different names all over the world any bandy sally bandy that kind of thing um being swedish I, I'm, I'm guessing you've seen it or have you played it at all well um
0: the indoor bandy is that what you're talking about yeah yeah, so it's a pretty popular sport in Sweden, but I've actually never tried it more than um, in the PE lessons.
1: <laughs> is, that, is that quite common in, in your PE lessons? Because over here, it was something that, I, well, we never tried until adulthood. I didn't even start until I was about 26. Um, but I'm guessing in your schools, it's it's just the norm, is it?
0: Yeah, well, at least where I grew up in my, um, yeah, in the small country town, that was just a part of the, the PE when we had like ball sports and I don't know. I have to ask my mum because she actually happened to be my PE teacher as well oh, <laughs> when wow. I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: no wonder you come from a sporty family if your mum's a PE know. teacher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: So let's um, let's move it forward to where you are now. Then we we just talked about Brett. Um, for those who don't know, Brett is Australian. Obviously, you, Marie, you're Swedish, and you're you're currently in Australia now. You're nine hours ahead of me, and exactly. your your life is is much different now. And I want to talk a lot about that because there's a lot of people, um, particularly the over 40s, they they get um, overwhelmed with life, uh, with, with work, working the nine to five, the commute into work as well. So working 10, 12 hours a day. And there's a lot of reasons that people put in front of themselves why they can't exercise, why they can't look after their health. And as a result, the health deteriorates very, very quickly. But... I see you and Brett all the time. You're always active. You're both in incredible shape. You're always looking after your health, but you're both running your own businesses. You're both traveling a lot, but you're still fitting everything into your day. So let's talk a little bit about how you currently live. So how do you fit in a healthy life around running your businesses at the moment and traveling as well?
0: Well, it's all like I come from a similar background um, to Brett in terms of we have a sporty background, but it's, it all comes back to priority, to stay healthy and always being open and have honest discussions um, between us because I can tell when, for example, Brett is working on one part of the business and I'm working on something else and then we can get a bit grumpy and we just look at each other as like, okay, so we obviously haven't worked out today. Let's just shut the computers for even if it's for 20 minutes and let's just go and get that um, endorphins kicking in so we can continue this work. So it's just a priority of ours, um, health.
1: Yeah, and, and is that something been, you do every day? You work out every single day?
0: Uh, almost every day, yeah. We might have a day off every now and then, but then again, coming from an elite background it's I don't know I'm used to training a lot and a lot so to me bringing that mindset into a business uh, perspective or into my what we call a normal life with I'm juggling a few different businesses and and uh, another job as well but I just find that I can't be on top of the game in everything else I'm doing if I'm not Working out. It can be yoga, run, gym. I just need to mix it up, but that just keeps the clarity so much better.
1: Yeah, and you obviously you obviously find that, that getting them endorphins going and getting out and getting a bit of fresh air and, and doing a bit of exercise as well actually helps you in your business as well, makes you more productive, keeps your mind clear, doesn't
0: it? Oh, 110%. As soon as I'm sick or having a massive reason not to work out i can't actually perform in perform at my best in everything else i'm doing
1: yeah um and i we're going to talk a little bit more about you and brett a bit later on but obviously having having that person there who's the same sort of mold as you and and used to the, the physical activity is there a point where like you said you can both look at each other and say do you know what we need to go out is there a case where one of you gets so engrossed in what you're doing that the other one? says, like Brett will say, come on, Marie, you need to, you need to step away from your laptop for a little bit.
0: Yeah, we can definitely say that to each other when we see like, okay, that's, that's it. <laughs> Let's go out and move.
1: <laughs> that's good. That's the, that's the benefits of having such a supportive supportive partner. And again, we're going to, we're going to come to that, but um, you mentioned a couple of businesses there. One thing that you, you do, um, you organise an event called Mud Life, don't you, which is an obstacle course race in Sweden?
0: Exactly. So three years ago I started this uh, Mud Life OCR and we created it from scratch. It was me and two girlfriends from the start and this year is the third year we're running it and it's just me and one of the girlfriends um, that run it this year and it's a 7K long and 30 uh, obstacles Course race, and we'll also have a kids' race
1: this year so what what got you into doing that then what was you a fan of obstacle course races beforehand or
0: No, <laughs> not at all actually. Uh, obviously, I love everything that has to do with sport and event and sports events and my friend Emma came over to Australia and she's Swedish, and she said to me and i I told her because I was right in my um, race walking training it was two thousand and fifteen I think yeah. And I said to her, if, if you're going to come and visit me, you just have to be aware of that I'm training full time and I can't make any, anything else on the side. So she said, no, no, I'm coming for a training camp. I'll be on the bike when you race walk. And um, she just came along to most of my sessions, even if it was running or on the bike or in the gym. But after that, she said she came back to Sweden and she she did her first OCR race and she loved it. She was over the moon. She was so stoked with this new OCR event. And then our heads just started to spin and we thought, well, hang on. I, I know I'm a race walker, but I have a lot, a lot of contacts in my small country town, which that makes it so much easier. Um, so I was In a small country town, you're kind of a little bit of a celebrity when you do something like elite sport. And the connection I had through my sport with businesses, I said to Emma, well, I can do all the connections with sponsors and um, all the companies and you have to bring the expertise of how an OCR race should be um, performed. So they and then we just started and then we had the third girl she was amazing behind the computer and the whole technology side of things so we were just I have to say uh, it's not often I use the word lucky but we were lucky to have three girls that had three different backgrounds to put together this race that the first year was a success which is amazing and last year it was even better so we hope to to make it happen again this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I, I, I do love an obstacle course race. Um, the main reason I love it is because I'm not a fan of running, um, but I, I love the obstacles and I do it for the obstacles rather than the running itself. And I, I would rather run a 7K obstacle course race than I would just run 7K on the road. Um, but that's, yeah, that's just me.
0: I think that's why the sport is growing so massively and I interviewed a lot of people that run Mudlife and I've just heard that, no, I don't like to run, but when you trick yourself and it's so many obstacles, uh, it's just so much fun and you can run as a team, you can run with your family and a lot of people do have our competition as a kind of a finish, finishing goal, even if it's for their weight loss or with their training group or with their um, own work colleagues.
1: Yeah, I think it's one thing that I would encourage people to do because fitness, particularly you just said there for weight loss. If people are overweight, keeping fit, it's all it's all very well for us to talk about going out for twenty minutes a day. But when you know, when you're an elite athlete, former elite athlete, or you're just generally a fit person, that's easy. But if you're if you're um, let's say 35, 50 kilos overweight, that is really difficult to do. And then and setting a target of maybe going out and running a marathon or a half marathon. Seems really daunting, but an obstacle course race is exactly that. You do it with your friends. It's you're only running for maybe two hundred meters, three hundred meters. Then you're doing something different, and it's just a good, fun activity. And what a great way to, to lose some weight as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. We had a, we had a few of those um, weight loss groups that were competing, and they were crying when they finished, and they were so emotional to see because they've you know they've just they had a goal and they actually finished the goals and I talked them through before as well. And I said, you know, when you see yourself crossing the finish line, just attach a feeling to that and that would just make you do it. And yeah, they were so emotional and it was so amazing to see.
1: And if you can attach that feeling to it, and obviously you're going to get the, the big emotional feeling when you do cross the line, cause it's a big, a big achievement for them. That then keeps going for, 12 months 24 months every time they have a low point or a bad day you or maybe you start the weight starts to creep back up again you look back to that day you remember that emotion you remember that elation of crossing the line and it just it's self-motivating for them for for quite some time afterwards as well
0: oh exactly exactly that feeling that yeah just to be aware of how you felt and be able to look back at that. And even like I'm working a bit in the mental space and with mental strength training. And I always try to teach people that if you connect that feeling with what you can see or visualize, then that's where the magic happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you if you can connect something to a feeling, it's always, it's always more powerful. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. So one thing, I don't know if Brett, I spoke to Brett a little while ago. Um, I was having a look around on his website, actually. I think I was looking for a podcast episode and I just, I was on the laptop and I was looking through his website and I saw his blog and I thought, Oh, just, I've got a few minutes to kill. I'll, I'll have a look through his blog. And I come across your five-year plan that he'd posted. I don't know if he's told you that I've seen this. Um,
0: he mentioned that. Actually.
1: <laughs> but it's something that, that I do. And I, I, again, I spoke to Brett earlier in the year and, and I, I spent some time, I think it was maybe New Year's Day or, or the day before, and I just sit down and I plan my year out and I plan what, what I want to be like in, in 12 months time. And I do it the same way you've done your five-year plan. I write it from me 12 months in the future of what i want to have happened in the past 12 months. Um, I also reflect on the past year, what could have gone better and what I could change. But for you to do a five-year plan um, and then to share that was amazing. And and I read it there and then about three or four times over and I, th- I think it's absolutely amazing that someone can can write a five-year plan, look that far in the future, hit a lot of the targets in the five-year plan, which says to me that you're a very focused person, very driven person. Um, but they're just amazing goals. They're not the traditional, traditional goals. You seem to know exactly where you were, exactly where you was going and what you wanted to achieve. And... And you hit quite a lot of your targets, didn't you, in that five-year
0: plan? Uh, Yeah, for sure. And to be able to do something like that, um, I had a life coach um, who was actually my so-called mental training in my sporting career, so Gregor Shill, and he has been a a massive part uh, in my life as a mental coach or a sports psychologist and also further on a teacher um, for my courses in mental strength training. And every time I met him, I walked away having a new park goal to work towards and all the key tools to get me there. And it was when I was struggling the most 2012, I wrote my five-year um, vision. And just as you said, I wrote it in presence, tense. So I wrote it 2012, but I saw myself 2017, but it was not, it was not easy at all. It took me a long, long time but I could not have imagined how powerful um, a text could be like that. And as I said, definitely not without a lot of struggle and hard work to reach the goals that was in that um, vision. But to be clear, it's not a five-year goal. It was a five-year vision. That is what is amazing. I find with doing like a 10-year vision or a five-year vision. It's not, 100% reality so you are not attached to how much money do I have now how many kilos do I need to lose Um, all these reality things so you put that vision up five years ahead and then you create goals that is like shorter goals in terms of you might have a six-month goal you might have a one year goal and different in different areas of your life so I just love that um, having that vision to to create goals to go towards
1: yeah and, I, I love how you put that there that you, you need the short goals i always think of it like a staircase that you should have the, the vision of, of the, the very top of the staircase of where you you ultimately want to be or get to but you've just it oh, sounds so simple, but you just got to take it one step at a time to get you up to that top step
0: oh it's the small steps it's so important so super important to just be a, be able to take the small steps People sometimes think that, well, I'll change the world or I'll be a millionaire tomorrow, but that's not how it works. And all these, for example, all the athletes and all the big famous people that become like a success overnight, that is what we know that's not true. They've worked so hard to get there. And it's just because you haven't seen them up until they get famous. You don't actually most of the times you don't know their background and where they're coming from. So it's probably a lot, a lot of work and visualization and and goal setting towards that big, big audacious goals they've had.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I spoke to a, to a British Olympian last year and and he won, he won a world championship um, in 1991 And, and the newspapers the following day called him an overnight success. And and he was quite annoyed by that because it took him seventeen years to get there, <laughs> but people oh, didn't so see all that hard work from the media. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but Such yeah, it is. It's the small steps. And how often during the five years did you go back and read your own vision?
0: Oh, I've read it hundreds of times. You can have a big vision, and um, you need to. You know, you you look at your vision, and then you create small goals. To get there, but if you just totally forget about your vision, I would even encourage to have a big vision board on your wall or have your big vision written out, put somewhere so every time you you need to make a decision um, in life, you just know. You, you have to be really clear on your values as well, and when you're clear on your values, and you have to make a choice in life. You just make sure your goals is in line uh, with your um, values, and that's for sure a really, really good um, thought to have.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point as well. If you've got your values and you, you stick to them and your beliefs, then decisions actually become a little bit easier because you're you're following a certain I don't want to say a certain path, but you're always aligned with your own values. Everything then moves you in a, a certain direction, doesn't it?
0: Oh, 100%, definitely. Definitely. And it's actually not that hard to make choices when you know exactly what you stand for and where you want to head on your journey. So yeah. be clear in your vision. That would be, and sorry, be clear in your values. That would be a number one step, I would say, <laughs> yeah. before setting goals and visions.
1: Yeah. And have you, um, have you written a second five-year vision?
0: I have a 10-year vision and uh, okay. that is a pretty big one. And then I have uh, five-year and one-year goals. So, and that is in different areas of my life as well.
1: And did you write that in 2017 or is that a 10-year vision from 2012 following on? From,
0: from 2016. In the beginning of 2016, I started to, to write it and then I came back to it. Um, the reason I started 2016 was actually because I started to work for a company um, here in um, Australia and they're really big on personal development. So they just have all their staff members to write their vision and goal setting and then they just have your back to help you reach your goals and mission, which is amazing, such a great company. Um, to work for when you when they help you out with that.
1: Wow, yeah, I've no, I've never heard of a company do that. I think that's, I think that's amazing.
0: Yeah, for sure, and yeah, Lululemon—that's the name of them—and I actually just started working with them again two weeks ago um, here in um, at the Gold Coast where we now uh, live. So I'm stoked to be back as um, a part time. Um, staff member with them
1: yeah I remember you I remember you was very excited when you when you started back work with them but I I can I can start to see why now if if they're a company that does things like that then they're
0: oh they're amazing
1: (laughs) yeah definitely yeah so that's that's going to wrap up part one for us so we're going to come back in a couple of days and we're going to talk again so for everyone who's listening now um, you've got a few days now to go away and start to think about values to start to think about a vision maybe a vision board something I get my clients to do on day one Um, values vision board maybe start to look at a a one-year vision a five-year vision 10-year vision Um, and and that's that's kind of your homework for the next few days Um, until then Marie we're going to come back in a few days we're going to start to talk a little bit more about about your life and relationships and, and the support that's needed to to move us forward so thank you very much for this and we'll speak again in a couple of days Thank you
0: so much, Mark. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Talk to you soon.
1: Hey, hopefully after listening to that, you could see why I've bumped Marie up the pecking order a little bit. I think that was absolutely amazing. Now, don't forget you're in a high state now, high energetic state, hopefully go away and just, just spend 10 or 15 minutes and just try and work on your values, your vision and your goals. The, The truth is, it's probably going to take a lot longer than that, but let's make a start while you're in this energetic state, this positive state. Let's start to work firstly on your values, because as Marie said there, if you get your values right, every, every decision you make from that point on, as long as it aligns with your values, moves you forward in the correct way, moves you closer to your goals and to your vision. Now, I want to bring in a question from my own community now, as I always do at the end of part one. And this follows on really well from what me and Marie have just talked about. So once you've set your, your values and your vision and your goals, a common question I get is, I want to start a healthy living plan. I want, I want to start to lose some weight. I know that I need to do this, this and this. But where do I start? I've got such a big journey ahead of me. I need to maybe lose 35, 40 kilos. I'm really unfit. How on earth do I start? What's the first step? And for me, I think once you've set these, these values, the visions and the goals, the very first step you can take that's going to see the best results is to start to cut out processed food. Start to look very firstly at the quality of your food that you're putting into your body. Yes, there's a lot we can go into. We can go into calories and macros and micronutrients and nutrient timing and supplementation. There's a, there's a ton of information that we can really tap into and dive into really deeply. But for the very first step, try cutting out processed food. Okay, any food that's got a list of ingredients on the packet or cooking instructions generally has gone through a process. If you were to think, if you go to an organic farm and you buy potatoes, carrots, leeks, apples, bananas, they don't come with cooking instructions. They don't come with a list of ingredients because they're natural produced food. And that's what you want to be trying to get in. Try and take yourself away from going to the supermarket and eating packaged food. Even if you're still going to get your food from the supermarket, just shop in the first bit. That first bit you go through really, really quickly was got all the fruit and veg in. You know, that bit that makes up like a tenth of the supermarket, that's where you want to be. Forget the other 90%, which is is full of the processed crap that you don't want to be putting in your body. Start to cut that out and start to minimise that and start to put in the single-ingredient, whole, natural foods. And you don't need to worry so much then about how many calories you're eating you don't have to worry about sins or points and treats if you're putting that quality food into your body 90 percent of the time you're going to see results a lot of the time okay it's going to make a difference so if you need to make a first step that's what i recommend and then from there there's so much more we can go into there's so much more depth we can get into if you can go to organic food that's fantastic but even for now just just stick in your supermarket Go to your fruit and veg aisle, get as much natural fruit and veg as you can, and stay away from the packet foods with the cooking instructions and ingredients lists. So thank you again for joining me on episode four. We're going to come back in a couple of days for episode five and part two with Marie. If you get an extra few minutes, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Please subscribe, and if you enjoy the podcast, please re- review it. Leave a nice review. It just helps the podcast grow. It helps... Comp- Helps me to continue to get great guests on like Marie, which in turn is going to provide great content for you. Other than that, go away, do your vision, do your goals, do your values, and I'll see you again in a couple of days. So take care and be happy, guys.